You're listening to season 2 of Intentional and Creative Affluence. Welcome. Welcome back everyone to my interview series here on Intentional and Creative Affluence. This is where I talk to creators and business owners on how they choose to work on what they love while infusing joy into their daily lives. These are my kind of people. the people who follow a heart based approach to creating content marketing with purpose and connecting with their audience and today it is my sincere joy to welcome grehari vahanian grehari is a transformational life coach he helps men and women enjoy depth and success in their personal and business lives grehari's work fosters a life of authenticity which often includes healing work that leads to fulfillment and service He happily shares his life with his beloved spiritual partner and wife and their two daughters in Los Angeles, California. Gregory and I met through the Master Heart program in 2021 conducted by our mutual coach and mentor George Cow. And right away what resonated with me was the gentleness and kindness in Gregory's approach to both connection and networking. Gregory, it's my honor to have you here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much Shailaja I such a it's just always such a joy to to connect with you you were my you were my welcome ambassador when when I first started in the master heart community and uh, you hold a very special place in my heart thank you thank you i remember that and i remember our connection starting all the way back in december of 2020 when we reached out to connect with one another and i really appreciate that thank you and also welcome you are the first male guest on this podcast so you're you have a very special place here as well <laughs> thank you thank you i'm honored thank you so i would love uh, for my listeners to hear a little bit more about your work and what drew you to this particular kind of work in your own words so let us know that sure well i thought your introduction really captured well uh the the essence of of what i do i i support men and women in really uh dropping out of the conditioned um adaptive strategies for how to achieve success kind of from an outside in orientation to much more of a a heart-centered wisdom honoring of one's own innate gifts tapping into one's own inner wisdom and and following really the in the inner north star as distinct from outer ideas um uh rumi rumi uh the sufi mystic poet uh he he has a a quote he says beyond ideas of wrong doing and right doing there is a field i'll meet you there and for me, for me he's really talking about getting out of our our head our ego's ideas about life and outside in orientation and more of a a soulful orientation to life and so that's kind of what i'm about uh in my own life and holding a safe space you know to to support folks in in enjoying more of that soul nourishment that comes with honoring what's really authentic and true for them that's beautiful and i love that rumi quote as well so who would you say falls into your bracket of ideal clients who are the kind of people who reach out to you what kind of work do they do what kind of professions do they take on 
something a little bit about us. Sure. Well, I find characteristically people who reach out to me, uh, they may come from a broad spectrum of fields. I've worked with uh, psychotherapists. Uh, I've worked with uh, business people. Uh, I have a, a client I've, I've been working with for years who's a composer, uh, uh, a young man who's uh, developing himself as a community leader, and he has his own uh, coaching practice. Um, it, it, it really varies. I would say the one common thread seems to be that there has people have who, who reach out to me have a yearning for something more mm. like they it's interesting sometimes um the the person may just have a yearning to break out of a career that's unfulfilling or or they may be extremely successful like the ceo of a corporation who's who's looking to have greater purpose and fulfillment in in either their retirement years or they've they've done really well and are looking for in terms of finances and business but they're looking for well, what's going to be my legacy mm -hmm. What's, what's going to be the legacy? I like to call it the legacy of loving. So yeah. what's, what's going to be my legacy of loving? I have all the physical world reality, the, the, the trappings of success, but most of us, uh, I'm taught the, the highest form of consciousness is a service consciousness. And I think most of us, once we've gone up through Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we, we get our, our basic needs met and so on, eventually our focus is, you know, my needs are fundamentally met. How can I be of service to those around me? And so uh, I think that the, the folks who reach out to me are folks who have an appetite for being of service, for honoring their innate gifts, um, I'm reminded of a word, entelechy, E-N-T-E-L-E-C-H-Y. It's a Greek word, mm -hmm. and it means when something is fully realized. So, for example, the entelechy of an acorn is an oak tree. Oh. That, the, the oak tree is already inside the acorn. And I think each of us have our own entelechy. And mm -hmm. so... So people who reach out to me are, are somewhere inside. There's a little niggle, a little voice saying, you know, there's more of who I am that I desire to express and, and realize. And uh, yeah, so, so those are my ideal clients. That's absolutely brilliant. And I think the fact that you talk about both nourishing and nurturing and helping people find that element within themselves. So it isn't like you're asking them to reach for the stars, you're asking them to reach deep within because you know, the, the treasures of the world are inside of you. Would you say that? Absolutely, Be that was beautifully put and, and very much that's, uh, I don't know why I get moved by it, but I do. I think I get moved by it because I'm aware of how, um, 
I, I studied uh, yoga for a bit, Hatha yoga with an instructor from India. And he used to occasionally say, remember, uh, just because we're in Hollywood, because I live in California in Los Angeles, all that glitters is not gold. <laughs> and, and so there's so much glittering about us in the world through advertising, through reality television shows and all kinds of things that would distract us from where the real kingdom is in my experience. And the real kingdom uh, is, is within our, our own consciousness uh, to, to be explored, to be discovered, uh, uh, to, to be celebrated. That's amazing. And, I, and, and then, oh, I'm sorry. No problem, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, and then as we access, recognize, appreciate the, the treasures that are within each of us, then it's my experience that it's the natural organic thing to move into service, to, to, to serve from overflow, to serve generously from overflow. I agree. I agree. And there's the, there is a certain joy in service that you don't just get in anything else, you know, without any attachment to the outcomes, without any expectations of reward. There's the sense of completeness that the, the work itself provides. Is that what you say? Because I remember when I asked you this question when we were chatting and you said, what makes your work special? And you said you found that limiting and you wanted to answer it in terms of value. So I would love for you to elaborate on that. So why not special? And why do you want value to be what stands out as far as your clients or your work is concerned? I'm very sensitive. Thank you for the for for your question, and and uh, I'm very sensitive to language. Uh, um, in and so, when I hear a word like special, and this is with no againstness inside of me, it's just an observation, and I'm not presuming that this is true for anyone else. I just know, you know, each of us has our own association with words. So when I hear the word special for me, it brings me re regarding my work. It, it, uh, it's lovely if people are reflecting uh, uh, appreciation or affirmation, but inside of me, the word special brings me into my ego. Mm. It, it, it brings me into like somehow I'm distinct, it's distinct, I'm distinguished or the work is this. And it puts me into like another, a similar word for me is important. Mm. Uh, it's another of those words where I kind of go, I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> you know, important, special. I don't know. It's, it's not for me to say what's important or special about what, what I do. Um, what my, my focus is on is bringing as much value to my clients as possible uh, they're, they're, in my experience, the work that I do, because it's really sacred territory as a transformational life coach, I'm, I'm holding a safe space for folks to risk courageous transparency, inviting me in as a, as a sacred witness in this sacred witnessing process 
to get a front row seat into what's most significant in their hearts, the, the relationships, the gifts they want to honor, the ways they're called to serve. And so um, I guess sacred is a word I'm good with because it, it is a field, you know, in the space that's held that I consider uh, very, very sacred. My focus is on how can I support the individual client in enjoying the greatest value in terms of our time together? Yeah. You've made me rethink that question now, you know, in so many ways, because I think the important distinction you've made is the fact that words like special or important have a feeling of othering people. In other words, you know, we're distinct from one another. Whereas when you talk about sacred and you're talking about being in there, there's a sense of compassion, there's a sense of empathy, and there's a sense that we aren't really different from each other. We may be at different stages, but we're all on the same journey together. And I think that's the beautiful thread binding you with me and with other clients or whoever it may be. And that, that's probably what draws people to you as well. There's that sense of gentleness in what you do, which leads me to my next question. And it's a very natural transition. I love it. And then you mentioned that you lead with the feminine energetic wisdom. And I've noticed this about you, which is so different from the masculine energy of, you know, going out there and doing things and being visible and all of it. And I've always appreciated that about you. So what led you to adopt this nature or, or it, does it just come naturally to you, which is fantastic? What, what would you say to this? Thank, thank you. Thank you for the uh, reflection and observation. I want to connect the two things. The, the last thing you were saying in the, just before and then, and then moving into this because they're very much connected to me. So what you were saying about the, the othering mm -hmm. that can be perceived in, from one vantage point versus the connection that we're all in this together I, I think that the word that I often use when I say a prayer, uh, I don't always say a prayer with clients. I, I, I check in, you know, what their language is, what their spiritual sensibilities are. We can talk simply about loving and caring in terms of relationships. Would you like more loving and caring in your relationship? That kind of thing. But sometimes we will, depending upon the client's sensibilities, use other language. And when we do, if we're doing a centering, for example, I often either together with a client or inside myself, I give thanks for the opportunity for communion. Mm. That for me, it's a part of the sacredness is there is an opportunity for communion, each of us with our own hearts, each of us with our spirit, in however we define our spirituality. And also there's a communion of our being together and and part of that and so the, yeah there is an there is a oneness mm -hmm. to to it all and um and and part of part of that or central to that is this feminine uh energetic uh nothing to do with uh male or female or sexuality 
it's just the energetic of, of, to me, the feminine is really about holding, receiving, conceiving a vision, holding the vision, very much like a pregnancy uh, and, 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 that, and that process. And there's a balance of the masculine as well, but the feminine for me, I think I grew up with a deep, deep sensitivity and, uh, and receptivity to energetics, which I believe is, is a feminine uh, uh, ener energetic. And, and over the years, as different therapists and coaches have held for the 30 years I've worked with a few different people, um, as they have held a safe, sacred space for me, welcoming me to meet myself through their reflection and their holding of a safe space. It has supported my embracing more deeply and fully uh, my own receptivity and ability to welcome, hold, and honor uh, both myself and then my, my, my wife, my spiritual partner and wife, our children, and by extension, my client. So I think it's both um, a very natural thing for me to lead with the feminine, and it's also uh, something that has grown as part of my entelechy, as part of me growing into more of who I am. And I think that's also true of the way you've been approaching content, right? And you, you keep saying, which is something our coach says as well, which is the idea of content being a ministry. Uh, but I remember back when we first met that you did have some, I would say, limitations when it came to exploring the side of content and creativity. So how did you gently learn to move past those blocks, if you can call them that? What was, your, what was your process when it came to it? Sure, well, I think, <clears throat> I think relative to content, because what I saw was that was modeled in terms of content seemed very ego-driven mm. um, uh, as a strategic, strategic moves for conversion of clients. And, you know, this kind of, it was very, I think there's a lot of hunt, hunting metaphors, you know, that are often used, targeting and all of these kind of things. And it didn't really resonate for me. So, so prior to my uh, working with George and, and, and you and our colleagues in the MasterHeart community, I had done occasional content that was moved by my desire to be of service, but it was also, it was also, there was an element of calculation or strategy in terms of, uh, I had a measure of, oh, this will help steer people towards signing up for my program or whatever. And I always felt a little uncomfortable with with how that showed up in my own consciousness. There was something, I couldn't identify it, but there was something a little incongruent about my core values and that. And as a result, I posted very little content. I, I would only post 
for, for related to a workshop or I would post um, only on a special occasion like the new year and I would offer something. It never really sat well with me and it really was not congruent with my, my uh, orientation towards honoring of one's innate gifts and then generously serving from overflow. It was kind of like a little little spurts out of the faucet and then and then nothing for, for months. Right. And, and so when I when I met you and I discovered George's work, which interestingly, I had had the revelation. I'd never heard anyone talk about marketing as ministry, but one day it just occurred to me as a phrase. I thought marketing is ministry. And that's what I'm about is, is being of service. So I just thought, wow. And I think I looked up marketing as ministry or authentic marketing, discovered George, and he turned the whole notion of content creation upside down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and instead of leading with the, the head or the ego as strategic moves to do to get clients, even the notion of getting clients it's an, it's an, to me, it's an, it's a very ego-based uh, framing, and he he talked about content creation as an iterative process, with stage one, stage two, stage three, and that initial stage one really being a kind of public journaling, where where we have an opportunity, and the cr- primary criteria for success might be. Am I, am I keeping track of the themes or the insights or the observations that are meaningful to me? And if I'm doing so, is this supporting me in refining how I'm articulating these ideas, themes that are meaningful to me? And, and, it, and, it, and by doing so, first of all, for me, is it, if it's meaningful and these insights, if these insights are useful and make a difference in my life, then uh, I have to guess it may be valuable and useful for the listener. <laughs> um, but, but what the listener does with it in terms of if, if they ever become a client or ever take a course or ever buy a book, that's on a certain level, the way I relate to it is that's none of my business. that's 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 they're gonna follow and their job is to follow their inner guidance and if their inner there's no you know there's no baiting and switching there's just service it's just putting it out yes find the work and that's it right i mean there's nothing to be expected from it and that's why it's pure service and it's absolutely you know understood form and that's what i love about it and that's what i love about I love content creation, as you know, and somehow you know, hearing George, as you say, put it into such a beautiful structure, kind of clarified it for me, especially from the marketing perspective and how he says, the more transparent you are. So if you're deciding to market something, market something, you know, don't you know, yes. shroud it in a, you know, in a pretend idea of serving your audience and then, <laughs> you know, baiting, switching them at the last minute. Saying, oh, by the way, I have a, you know, I have an offer yes. for you if you're interested. 
and yes. somehow that is so different from all of the mainstream marketing techniques that we hear that it's such a refreshing change for those of us in the space where we're just looking to connect with our people yes incredible it uh, yes it's beautiful beautifully uh, put shailaja and and i find it's a very organic process mm. the actual clients the folks I think even beyond content, and I think that content uh, is is a significant, you know, va valuable way of sharing and being of service. And simultaneously, I think so often people, it's also a way of communicating our energy signature, and and the energy signature, in my experience, transcends. Our idea, our ideas, our because our energy signature will communicate the carrier wave of of loving, the carrier wave of authenticity, the carrier wave um, that communicates heart heart to heart, or 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 otherwise, depending <laughs> as as the case as the case may be. So. Um, I think that's another significant part of, of creating uh, content is, I like to think of it sometimes, I actually originally thought of it in response to, I was invited to write, um, a, not a dedication, a testimonial for a book that a friend of mine wrote, a beautiful book. And I was thinking about what I experienced, how she wrote and what she was doing through the book. And I realized it applied to me in terms of how I relate to marketing. Um, and I think it's true for, for most of the people who are heart-centered in terms of their the services being provided. And what I, what I described was, well, the way I relate to it is it's like, to me, a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. And in, a, in part, my job is to send out a clear signal Mm. that there is a safe like as a lighthouse lets the ships know this is a safe harbor and and then and then they can be drawn in but they're drawn in because they recognize ah i recognize that signal i recognize that energy signature i recognize the safety of that harbor and if i'm doing my job properly as as i experience it the intention is not for the client to become dependent on me as the safe harbor, the, the job, because this is an illusion that we're separate, as you referenced before, but to invite them in to the safe harbor so that they can discover or perhaps deepen in their being anchored inside themselves that they are the safe harbor. That, that they're the ones who are already the safe harbor. I'm holding, I'm holding a space to remind them of their own, uh, to wax spiritual for a moment, their own divine nature, their own div div divine, uh, that they're, they're, I remember 30 years ago, part of my spiritual awakening was the awareness of this phrase that I had heard growing up that we're made in the spiritual image and likeness of God. If we're made in the spiritual image and likeness of God, 
then we're made of divine stuff. And so whenever we're, for me, in our ego and uh, misguidedly seeking outside validation in the world, um, we have an opportunity for a homecoming to return back to our own hearts, to the recognition of our own beloved nature. And uh, that's just, for, for me, that's part of the beauty. And it tickles me. <laughs> it, 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 it tickles me because it's, I, I kind of, inside myself, I go, wow, I get to do that. I get, I get to hold, I get the privilege of holding space to invite folks to come home. And for me, that's a very, very sweet indeed. I love that image, Gregory, and you've, you've crafted it so beautifully, you know, the lighthouse and the safe harbor. I can actually see it in my mind's eye as you're describing it. So it's no wonder that people feel drawn to that sense of safety and empathy and compassion that you exude. So, and I think it's something you've built up over time, as I can tell, such that it resonates with the right people and you know, they find you just the way you would find them. In that sense, there is a sense of alignment you know, the, be, between you and the client and, you know, or, and between you and the reader, if, if or whether or not he or she becomes a client. And I think that's the beauty of how our content can be a ministry, as you very well put it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm big on the word alignment. I, uh, I love that word alignment so much is like, is it aligned? Yeah. Is this an aligned action? Is this aligned to work together? Um, and, and another word that you reminded me of just now is the word resonance. You know, is, is there, is there a shared resonance? Exactly. And uh, yeah, thank you. That's beautiful. So your uh, morning ritual, I, you know, I read it about two, three times when I walked through it and uh -huh. I said, this, this is something that Gregory needs to share with my listeners. So could uh -huh. you please share and how this helps you stay, you know, grounded and in a space of comfort through your day, through your weeks to share. Sure. I, I believe you're referring to my morning spiritual practices. Mm. And um, I'll, 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 I'll give a caveat to what I'm going to share. I'm going to share very openly. I also want to be very clear that, I, that this is true. What I will share is true for me. I don't presume this is true or right for anyone else. Um, and even as I refer to spiritual reading or meditation, or prayer. Um, uh, uh, there's no um, particular, it would apply to whatever might be spiritually, spiritual reading for the listener, or, or prayer, or meditation, or spiritual practice could be a, a walk in nature. It's, it's for the listener to define what that might be like, if what I share resonates. Um, so with that said, um, it's my, it's my joy that when I wake up in the morning, uh, before getting out of bed, uh, I do uh, 30 minutes, at least, sometimes an hour, sometimes more, but at least 30 minutes of morning spiritual exercises, which are uh, a type of uh, a type of meditation. So I take time for for meditation. Uh, 
that could involve uh, chanting inwardly. It could involve a mix of alternating between uh, chanting inwardly and, um, and doing forgiveness work, bringing forgiveness or extending compassion to any parts of myself that may, I may experience some judgment. Um, there may be a young, I may have anxiety associated with something. And so I may be extending empathy identifying how old I am in that part that's feeling the anxiety. So I do spiritual exercises and a kind of a clearing process to clear my psychic field and, um, my, and my, my consciousness, almost like if there were a car that had newspapers on its windshield. Uh, I, like to, I like to see where I'm going. <laughs> and see clearly. So I try to clear the windshield uh, first thing in the morning. I also do it before I go to sleep at night. And then I take uh, a, another measure of time to do some spiritual reading, reading, reading that is um, that I experience as both nourishing and as part of that nourishment that invites my consciousness and invites my focus to be aligned with the North Star of my, of my values and my calling to be of service and to be of service as, as clear a vessel, as open, available, and clear a vessel as I can be. Um, I reflect on my morning, intent, my intentions for the day. Uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And, and so, so that is, for me, is a wonderful way to start the day. Even there are times, just to take one more moment on this, even there are times when I may do a process, what I've just described is a relatively gentle, is a quite a gentle nourishing process, there are also times when I may be doing inner work that involves one practice or another that may be doing deep clearing work, which results as part of the outer expression as things are being cleared with sobbing, with crying, with, with the grieving of, of some piece that's being cleared. This isn't always the case, but depending upon the internal initiations, graduations I'm going through, there may be a period of growth where there's grief that shows up. And uh, my wife, my daughters are familiar with that. And uh, I may, they may hear from another room, they may hear me crying for, for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. But when I'm done, and then I open the door and I walk into the living room. I'm beaming <laughs> because, because I've just, for me, I've brought this old pain that had showed up. I've, I've brought it, the way I look at it is like bringing it to the altar to, to give it back to God so that it can be transmuted back into the nothingness from which it came in the first place. And then again, I'm available to be that much more uh, 
at home in my loving without carrying burdensome excess baggage. That's incredible. And that's what I meant when I said I wanted you to share the powerful nature of this morning practice because I think it's mm. something that all of us can learn from. And like you said, it could be different things for different people. The spiritual practice can take the shape that you feel the most comfortable with. So as Gregory said, those of you listening, it could be anything which feels right for you, depending on your inclinations, your peace. But I think all of us need this slowness in our lives, this gentleness in our lives, especially in such a fast-paced, digitally connected world. I think going inward, allowing that soul cleansing to happen is such a necessary part of our day and not something that we should really sacrifice at the altar of speed and connectivity. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So uh, before we before we end, uh, Gregory, I would love to, for you to share three tips for any business owner who is in this heart-based space. What would you say has been your experience running your own business and what words of encouragement or wisdom would you like to share with them? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll share whatever comes comes present. Um, I know we we chatted uh, previously. I have no idea what I said. I kind of go with what's in the moment. <laughs> so, so you're good to go. <laughs> so yeah. So I think that the first thing is from my perspective, and this this may this may seem self evident. Um, I would say, I would encourage folks to bring your loving, mm. bring, bring your loving. I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, even the notion of being an entrepreneur, depending upon how we relate to it, it can, it can, con it can for some folks or for all of us, perhaps at one time or another connote, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. And so or a solopreneur. And so I need to be a business person. I need to be, you know, and so implicitly there may be associations that take us into our ego, into our head. What do I need to get done? What do I need to make happen? And this kind of thing. And so, you know, it's like my notion of what it was to be a man when I was a little boy has grown very different. Now that I'm 60, what it is to be a man looks very different. What it is to be authentically empowered looks very different than what power looked like as a little boy. And so regarding being a, a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, I think the younger part of me would think, oh, I have to act like a CEO. I have to act like a business person in some out, outward manner. And, and I find that to be much more of a, of a, of a mental-based activity and even a false face, a kind of parading of a false identity. I think that the best that any of us can do uh, as solopreneurs, as entrepreneurs, is to find our way into our loving, into our hearts, because that, whether one is teaching or coaching uh, writing, uh, whether one is a, a life coach, whether one is doing equine therapy, whatever one's personal business 
is, it's, it's really that heart connection, that uh, love connection that flows in the thoroughfare, heart to heart between us and the people whose lives are touched. So I guess the first one would be whatever skills or strategies one might be embracing as part of their marketing to start with finding oneself in one's heart and, 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 and service. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the first one. See if there's, is there one that you're thinking of that I may have mentioned? Well, I love the thing that you said about the feminine wisdom and the feminine energetic. So I think more entrepreneurs need to really embrace that. And yes. Step away from, you know, having to rush through and do things. And so I think that's the, that's the really very important thing. And I think the third thing could be, especially based on the work that you do and what I've seen, is that there's, a, there's this incredible sense of patience about you. There's a sense mm. of endurance and sustainability and growth from the idea of gentleness and wisdom, which is so counter to what mainstream marketing talks about. And I think mm. you really embody that to a large extent. And I hope more people can embrace that about themselves too and that there is joy in depth there's probably joy in moving slowly and, and your spiritual practice that's that's fantastic you know the spiritual practice is something i hope more people incorporate in their lives thank you and related to that last uh, from from me that seems related uh, i sometimes think in terms of um, in spiritual psychology where i why where I originally did my my first master's degree, the part of part of the framing of consciousness is sometimes talked about with these two lines that we're always operating on: the goal line of life, which is all of the physical world reality things we we engage in, our business, our relationships, and so on, and then what is sometimes referred to as the soul line of life, which is the the, so there's the moving, one way to look at it is like moving forward as we move the line of our life and our physical world engagement. And then the ascension or moving upward in terms of our consciousness. And so what's present for me in this moment that might be a valuable thing to consider for the listener is on a certain level, and this may sound, I don't know what it will sound like, on a certain level, Part of why I kind of am unattached to the physical. Now, I have responsibilities to be a vehicle through which God or the universe can provide for my family and so on and being of service. And, and I, do, I do well and am grateful for all of the physical world blessings. At the same time, the physical will pass. Yeah. The physical will pass. But if there's something eternal, if we are, in fact, as some of us entertain uh, divine spiritual beings having a human experience, then in this, in the eternal nature of the soul and the eternal nature of who we are as spiritual beings, 
I think there's something in this idea that we're, we're as we go forward in our um, physical world endeavors, our businesses, our relationships, on, we're constantly having a dance between that and then these little initiations, I think of them, uh, where we're growing our compassion, mm. growing, growing our capacity to be empathic with ourselves, the different parts of ourselves, our clients or customers, our family members, our friends, the stranger across the street, all, all, always. So for me, the real game, the real game, the, the, the reality is, is the ascension mm. in terms of consciousness. And so I can't say that that's true, but I can say that that orientation for me helps me bring a much lighter touch and much more of a sense of humor, a sense of play and a sense of exploration to the marketing part and how many clients and who's being served and so on makes it a much more uh, joyful process. I'm going to say that it's more enjoyable. So I think what the entrepreneurs listening need to take away from this is enjoy your lives, enjoy your work. Because once you do that, everything else just falls into place. And you're no longer chasing things. You're just finding, <laughs> finding your ascension line working on its own. You know, it's, it's, yes. Yeah. yes. And, and then it's more about uh, going back to the feminine. It's holding a space. Mm. Exactly. Holding a space for oneself, holding a space for one's business, holding a space, a loving space for those uh, clients or those readers or those viewers of content who may or may not become a client uh, as, as in the same way we're holding a loving space for the people that we meet with face to face. Yeah. Wonderful. And thank you so much, Gregory. That's the perfect note to end on. And uh, of course, we'll have all your links in the show notes, but uh, where can people find out more about you and what's your favorite place to be interacting with your clients and your readers. Thank you. Well, uh, much appreciated, Shailaja. And the, I encourage if, if what I've shared has resonated, folks can find me on Facebook at Gregory Vahanian Coaching. Uh, my website is uh, www.gregoryvahanian.com and also on Instagram. Uh, I've recently joined Instagram uh, again, Gregory Vahanian. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Gregory, for doing this. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Intentional and Creative Affluence with Shailaja Vishwanath. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to let me know by using a voice note. Check out my website. All the links are in the show notes below. Thank you.